Come on, it's a good day to be in God's house, amen? Last day of 2023, and I got the privilege of spending last week with my family up in Michigan, and so I drove back yesterday, made it for the five o'clock service, and literally right after the service, I'm driving back up to Michigan for the New Year's Eve. I need to be around friends who are like-minded about the Michigan game tomorrow, all right? So that's why I gotta go back up. Hey, you're the only service I said it to, all right? Because I love you so much, all right? But uh, it's good to be in God's house. And on this last weekend of the new year, I wanna preach to you about this idea that God's not finished. He's not finished working in you. He's not finished working for you. He's not finished on your story. He's not finished on your marriage. He's not finished on your kids. He's not finished on your business. He's not finished on your dreams. He's not finished on your relationships. God's not finished. Come on, if you're still breathing, he's still working in your life. Do you believe that? God's not finished. You haven't seen the breakthrough yet? Come on, he's not done working in your life. And so I love the new year. And how many make New Year's resolutions? How many make New Year's resolutions? All right, so this is like the fourth time I preached the New Year's Eve weekend. Fewer and fewer hands go up every year I ask that question. Because why do it, right? I'm gonna quit smoking, lose weight. I'm gonna try to spend more time with family. We never really accomplish it. I actually heard about a guy who decided to make only resolutions this year that he could keep. So he resolved to gain weight, to stop exercising, to read less, watch more TV, and to procrastinate more, and to never make New Year's resolutions ever again. And he kept every single one of them. Also, I heard about a guy there, about Bill. He called his parents to wish them Happy New Year, and his dad answered the phone, and, and he says, Dad, what's your New Year's resolution? And he says, to make your mother as happy as I can all year. Then he got on the phone with his mom, and Bill asked the same question. Hey, what's your New Year's resolution, Mom? She answered, to see that your dad keeps his New Year's resolution. <laughs> all the married people know what I'm talking about. It's a new year, new beginning, and uh, Jesus is all about new beginnings. Hope you received that this weekend, that no matter what you have come out of this past year, whatever you overcame, Jesus is all about new beginnings. Maybe you had some troubles, some struggles this past year, but the God who created everything in the beginning came down to human history to give us a new beginning. I don't care who you are, what you've done, where you've came from, but God has given us a new beginning. So if you got a Bible, turn and lean to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter one, verse six, and Paul, the apostle, he's writing this portion of scripture in the latter part of his life. And I love the apostle Paul because he was always a guy who knew that God was always up to something. He, even when he was down and out at his lowest moment in his life in prison, he always believed that God was always up to something. And he wrote this, a very well-known passage of scripture, Philippians one, verse six, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That for I'm confident of this very thing. Listen, I need some of you to get your confidence back this new year. Some of you, man, you lost your confidence this past year because life kicked you really hard in the face and you weren't ready for it. And you felt overwhelmed by whatever life threw at you. And God's whispering in your ear today that your story is still being written. This is not the final scene. God's gonna turn things around. Listen, the breakthrough that you've been praying for it's right around the corner. God's not finished with you yet. Amen? Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, God's not finished. 
in Genesis, if you got to flip over to Genesis chapter 11, and this is verse 31, Abraham, he had a father named Terah. Now, if you know Abram, um, if you're a Christian for a while, you know that Abram became Abraham. And we wrote a song about this and we sang it as kids, right? Father Abraham had many sons, many sons. Okay, you guys know it? I'm one of them. So. So let's all sing along. All right, we're not going to sing the whole thing, all right? But that's where the song originated from. That's Abraham, all right? And uh, so Abraham, um, he became on to be one of the most amazing heroes of the faith. And he took the land that God had given him and became the land of Israel. But did you know that Abraham's father was supposed to take the land? His dad was destined to become what Abram became. His dad was on his way, and it says this in verse 31. It says, Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sari, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan, and they went as far as Haran. Now catch this. And they settled there. They settled there. So Abram's family, they're all walking, and they're like, man, God's got a plan for us. God's got a plan for my family. God's got a plan for my marriage. God's got a plan for my kids. And then it says they came to Haran, and they just stopped. They stopped, and the, and the next verse is so sad that Abraham's father died in Haran. His father died in a settled place. His father stopped somewhere. Some of us have declared over our life that we're just stuck Listen, you're not stuck. You've just stopped. You're not stuck in that addiction. Your marriage is not stuck. Listen, why did Abram's father stop? The Bible doesn't tell us, but somewhere along the way, Abram's father said, this is as good as it gets. And I'm not gonna go any farther. This is as good as it gets, right? Some of us said that. This is as good as it gets for my health. The doctor said this, and so I'm believing this, but did you know that we serve a miracle-working God? that he can, he's the great physician. Listen, some of us just have declared over our life that I'm stuck with this bad attitude. I'm, I'm stuck with this addiction. I'm stuck. Our marriage is never going to change. Listen, I'm here to tell you today that God's not finished with you yet. Listen, but until you believe that, you'll never stop, step into it because your internal condition determines your external capacity. What's going on on the inside is going to determine how much you do for the kingdom of God. The Bible says, so a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you don't get your heart ready for God to speak to you, and listen, you can hear the greatest message. You can be a part of the most amazing worship service, but not even receive it. You can have the greatest opportunities in front of you and not even accept it because you disqualify yourself because of your own small thinking. This is why Tara stopped, Abram's father stopped. Something made him feel on the inside that he wasn't good enough, right? Some of us have said that over our life. Like, I'm not good enough to raise these kids. I'm not good enough to be the husband that God's called me to be. I'm not good enough to see that breakthrough in that area of my life. I'm not good enough to see that promised land. This is what, this is what Abram's father had said. This is where it stops for me. Some of us have stopped in a season of our life and we and we feel stuck. And God's saying, listen, I know you thought marriage was going to look a little bit different. I know that you thought raising kids was going to look a little bit different. But I'm telling you right now, you're not stuck. You just stop. God wants to make a way where there seems to be no way. Listen, I love what the book of Isaiah says. I will make a way in the wilderness 
where there seems to be no way. I will cause springs to rise up in the dry places. Listen, God wants to take you this new year, 2024, to places that you've never been before. But you got to believe that God's not done with you yet. you got to believe it. He's not finished writing your story. Some of you have settled in Haran. You're saying, well, God's just finished with me. Too old to serve. I'm too young to do anything for the kingdom of God. I've just settled. God's done with our country. It's going in a horrible direction. God's finished with our city. No, he's not. God is not, God is not finished. God is giving new ideas, I believe. I believe God wants to do something fresh and new in the city of Dayton. Do you believe that, CLC? God wants to do something new and fresh in our church, Christian Life Center. God's not finished with me yet. God's not finished with your family. God's not finished with your kids, with the dreams, with the passions that he has put deep inside of you. God's not finished with your potential. And you might have written yourself out of God's story, but here's the good news. God wants to write you back into his story. That's why much he loves you. You might be here today and the last Sunday, last day of the year, and you're just here to check a box. You don't believe any of this Jesus stuff and you're just here and you've given up on God. And here's the great news. God is not finished with you yet. You might have been finished with God, but he's not finished working with you. There's a reason why you're here today on the last day of 2023 to hear this message and let you know that he's not done with you yet. Don't quit. Don't give up. Even though it's hard right now, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. God's not finished with you yet. Some of us have trapped ourselves in our own ability, in our own capacity, saying this is all I can do. And God's trying to say to you this, listen, it's time to bust down some of the walls that you have built up inside of your heart, around your mind. Some of you have said, God just can't heal me. God can't fix this. God can't do something new and through me in my life. It's time to bust down those walls. Listen, there are limitless opportunities, limitless potential for the man, for the woman who believes that God can do anything through a person. Limitless potential, limitless opportunities. Some of you feel stuck in a habit. You feel stuck in a season of your marriage. You feel stuck in a season of your job. And you feel like this is as good as it gets. God's like, no, no, I got so much more for you. Your best year is ahead of you. I got victory over your marriage. I got victory over your son. I'm not done with your kids. Listen, I got more for you. God's not done with me yet. But the beginning of believing that God's not finished starts in the heart. So I'm going to give you four things as you go into this new year, because your internal and inside determines how much you do on the outside for the kingdom of God. So I'm going to give you four things that we got to do in this new year, 2024, to help us keep that mind track, that belief that God's not finished working in my life. So number one is this, you got to do a heart check. You got to do a heart check check. This is a daily thing. This is a weekly thing. You got to do a heart check. David says in Psalms 139, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Search me, O God. So David's saying, man, my heart is open. My heart is your garden, God. Come and remove all the weeds in the garden so flowers can grow so that I can prosper and grow in my relationship with you. My heart is open. Listen, have you ever met somebody whose heart was just closed off, like closed off to you, closed off to the world? It's like they have like a mean sticker on their forehead saying like, stay away, right? Like I've been hurt by too many men. I've been hurt by too many pastors. I've been hurt by too many churches. 
Just stay away, keep your distance. And my question is, man, who hurt you? Who betrayed you? Who made you come across so cold to people? I think about in Dayton, that stretch in I-75 right through the heart of downtown. Um, it's always under construction. Have you ever realized that? Like, I feel like it's always under construction. And I'm driving there and I'm, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm seeing all these construction signs saying, you know, danger, construction area, keep out. Like, unless you got a hard hat on, don't come any closer. And oftentimes we're like this with God, right? Don't come any closer, God. I'm a mess. Things are not right with my family, so I'm going to put my self-projected Instagram image when I come to church on the weekends, say I'm all good, I'm all right. And we never want anyone to know what's going on in the soul. Deep down, because it's dirty, it's dark, there's some things that are going on in our life that we don't want anybody to know about. I just want to keep my Instagram style, keep it pretty out there. And listen, God's not interested in saving your self-projected image. God is interested in saving your soul because that is the eternal thing. Listen, he's the only one that can come in with the hard hat and do the construction work in your heart. Alcohol can't fix it. An affair can't fix it. Pornography can't fix it. More TV can't fix it. All the pills out there that doctors can recommend to help you. Listen, will not fix it what's going on beneath in the heart. Only God is the one that can come in and do the work that needs to be done. Amen? This is why David says, restore my soul. I mean, David walked through all kinds of stuff. I mean, if you read the Psalms, it's just up and down, F and flows all the time. And he says this in Psalms 51, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He was saying, man, I'm under construction. God, come in. You're the only one that can fix my heart. I believe that you're not finished working in my heart. Listen, some of you have lost your joy this past year. And I believe that God wants to get your laughter back. Though sorrow lasts only a night, his joy comes in the morning. Some of you have lost your spirit. Some of you, you're here, but you're not here. You're just zoned out. Listen, God wants to make you more present this year. So my question for you this weekend is, how is your heart? How is your heart? I mean, there's so many hospitals all around the world that people have checked in because of they're dealing with some heart problems, right? Heart attacks, heart failures, clogged arteries, just so many problems physically with the heart. But I believe that every physical problem has a spiritual connection to it. I mean, look at 3 John 1. It says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and all that may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. That's the key to living a good life on the outside, is living a good life on the inside. The key to living a prosperous life on the outside is making sure that you're prospering on the inside, that your soul is getting healthier and stronger and being set free from anything that is ungodly so you don't have a heart attack, so you don't lose what God wants to do in and through your life. I mean, right now in our world, we see so many shootings that are happening all across our world, and it all starts with a thought or a feeling inside the heart. You gotta deal with the heart. Um, Matthew 15, 18 says this, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. It all flows from the heart. It starts in the heart. Every single gospel, Jesus addresses the heart. He addresses issues of the heart. So when you're being a good, honest person, when you're living a good life, it's because your heart's in a really good place. 
But when you're living on purpose and for a purpose, when you, when you have discipline in your life, when you're reading the Bible, when you're, when you're choosing to be kind to other people who have hurt you, it's because your heart's in a really good spot. But when you do something that's outside of your character, you're like, man, why did I, why did I cuss in front of my kids? You know, why did I flick that person off in the church parking lot? Man, why did I do that? I know that never happens here at CLC. We're all good, honest Christian people, all right? Why did I lose my temper in front of my kids? It all started in here. It starts in the heart. It all starts in the heart. Listen, as Christians, we know that the ultimate place that the enemy wants to get into is the heart. Jesus said, don't be worried about who can kill your body, but be more concerned who's coming after your soul. But here's the thing. If the devil can get a hold of your soul and your heart, he's in no hurry to destroy your life physically. Watch the heart. Do a heart check. One of my favorite Christmas stories besides the Bible is the uh, Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And uh, my wife and I, we were able to go down and see the play a couple weeks ago. And uh, we had like fourth row seats. It was awesome. And uh, the whole premise of the story is about this guy named Ebenezer Scrooge. He's a grouchy old man. He's stingy with his money. Everybody hates him. And he's a mean old guy. He's like the Grinch in that day and age, all right? And so, uh, but he's visited on Christmas Eve night by three spirits, three ghosts, the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future. And I always found the past ghost to be quite interesting because he's able to look at his life and see some of his past decisions, some of the things that he uh, made in his past. He's literally watching it with this ghost and he can't change it. He can't change the decisions that he's made. He's just watching it, and there's times in the play where he'll say, man, don't do that, don't walk away. He lost the girl that he loved because he was so stingy with his money, and he wished he could go back in time to change some of the past decisions that he made. Then he's visited by the ghost of Christmas present in the future, and really the future, he sees the future, and it's like, man, it's not a good one. But he has the present moment to fix whatever he is going through to change the future. Listen, Oftentimes, a lot of us, we like to go back in the past and do the wish, wish we could have, should have, we should have spent more time, we should have served more, we should have done this. And God's saying, man, you can't go back in the past. The past is history. But what you can do, you can start changing the present moment right now. You can start begin to change your future. And the devil loves to get inside of our heads and fill us with shame and guilt and say, man, you should have done that. You should have done this. He made a mistake and he loves to just whisper those lies. Listen, the past is history. What you did in the year 2023 does not have to determine your new year 2024. Jesus is all about new beginnings. He came down to give us a fresh start. And here's the thing, nothing will change unless you change. You can change the address of your house, change the state in which you live, change your weight, change your hair, change your car. Listen, nothing will change unless you change and it all starts in the heart. It's saying, Lord, my heart is open. My mind is ready to receive what you have for me this new year. I gotta come with an open heart and God, I'm here to receive it. And so I wanna give you another point about the heart. So you gotta have a heart check, but you also gotta have a humble heart this new year, a humble heart. Proverbs 11:2 says, when pride comes, then comes dishonor, but with the humble, there is wisdom. So right off the bat, if we were to put David and Goliath or pride versus humility, who do you think will win? Humility. The Bible clearly says that humility 
wins every single time. Now, pride can get really dominant. Pride might talk a big talk. Pride can get really loud, especially in the month of June. But here's the thing. Humility wins every single time. How do I know that? It's the Bible. I read the Bible. Every time somebody rose to power and got too big for their britches, it wasn't too soon afterwards that they lost everything they had because of pride. Humility, having a humble heart, is this mindset of I'm not arrived. I love what Paul says. I haven't reached perfection, but one thing I'm doing, I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm pressing forward towards what's ahead. That's humility. It's saying I'm not who I want to be. This is not the permanent me. God is still working on some attitudes in my life. God is still working on some fruits of the spirit in my life. How many of you are thankful that God's still working on your patience level, right? That you're a work in progress. God's giving you a little bit more love to love on people that have hurt you. God's giving you some more forgiveness to people who have mistreated you. You're a work in progress. Listen, there is your spiritual birthday is what I call it. When you accept Jesus into your heart and make him the personal Lord and Savior of your life, that's your spiritual birthday. That's the good work that he's going to carry out to completion. It's not just a one-time thing where you get saved. It's a work in progress. That's the sanctification process that God comes in and he wants to do a work if you allow him. If you have a humble heart, an open heart, and say, God, do what you do best. Come into my heart and work on my heart so that I can be, better, be a better man, be a better woman of God. God wants to continue the sanctification in your heart. You've got to have a humble heart. Number three, going into this new year, you've got to have a hungry heart. A hungry heart. Come on, how many of you are hungry for some good food? Like, I'm about to eat some good appetizers tonight, all right? How many like food, all right? Good. Am I the only one? Whew. I'm hungry right now, all right? Listen, some of us have lost our hunger for God, though. Have lost our zeal, have lost our passion for God, and we're just coasting through life. Right? This is as good as it gets, God. And we lost our hunger for God. We're kind of like Abraham's father. Father, we just settled. We just stopped. He's like, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is... You know, okay. And we just coast. And God's saying, man, I want you to lean in. I want you to lean into my presence. I want you to lean in like you're at a Mexican restaurant. You got that bowl of salsa in front of you and some chips. And you got it and you're just putting more salsa on it. Lean in, all right? People are like, don't double dip. Say, get your own bowl, all right? <clears throat> lean in. I want you to lean in. Have a hunger for God. Listen, some of us have just settled in an addiction, settled in our marriage, settled in bad habits, settled in cussing in front of people. We're like, man, I just, I just, this is who I am. Listen, God wants to do a work in your life. Listen, I don't know what you're doing right now that you're not proud of, but listen, you don't have to carry that another second. You can walk into this new year with a fresh start, a new beginning. You don't have to carry that anymore. God's not mad at you when you sin. In fact, God wants to come in and do the construction work in your heart so that you can live on purpose for a purpose that he has called you to do. He wants to, like, he wants to come in and, and get beneath the surface. There's something going on beneath the heart that causes you to, to burst out in anger, to, to, to cuss in front of people. There's something beneath the surface that he wants to come in and do the construction work. 
So you got to have a hungry heart. Keep learning, keep discovering new things, keep reading your Bible. Listen, just because you finished the daily Bible reading plan, don't finish it. Man, you keep reading another one. Listen, Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Have a hungry heart, have a humble heart. And my last one for you today is you gotta have a hopeful heart. Have a hopeful heart. And uh, this is where God was challenging me uh, during a season where my wife and I tried for almost four years to have children. Everyone else was having children. All our friends were having kids. And, and we just went through this season of four years of infertility. And I remember um, beginning to settle in this mindset of depression, of anger, of sadness. There was a season where I didn't have a lot of joy and laughter. And I remember during the, the thick of that, that season, I remember God told me, Josh, you gotta wake up. You have, you have settled into a mindset of your future, of yourself, that's just not true. This is not my will for you. I begin to settle into this mindset. And God's like, man, you gotta wake up. You got to get out of this mind. This is not my plan. This is not my purpose for you. And I think about us in the room. There might be some of you here today that have lost hope. You just feel hopeless. You've said to yourself, that, will, that could never happen to me. That, can, that breakthrough is never gonna happen in my life. And you just feel completely, completely hopeless. And I wanna say to you, you gotta bust down the walls that you have built up inside of your heart and, and have this mindset and believe that God's not finished with you yet. I had to believe that in the thick of my horrible season of waiting. I had to believe that God, you're still working and that you still have a plan for my life. And I want to end this sermon as we begin the new year, 2024, with 2 Kings chapter 3. If you've got a Bible, go there, 2 Kings chapter 3. I want to talk to you about this story about there's three kings of Israel and Judah were all gathered together in this valley. And they're surrounded by enemy armies. And um, the enemy armies have cut off their water supply, so they're dying of thirst. They're literally about to die in this valley. And in verse 10 in 2 Kings 3, it says, Then the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. Basically saying, we're done for. God has allowed us to get here because of the consequences of our own sin. Listen, sometimes God's mercy is so good that he allows us to experience the consequences of our sins so that we can look up and realize that he's the only one who can pull us out of that pit that we dug ourselves into. And it's not easy sometimes to face the consequences of our sin, but sometimes God wants us to look up. And these kings, God wasn't done with them. He just wanted them to realize that he's the only one that could deliver them from every single enemy army that had surrounded them. And in verse 11, it says, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shabbat is here, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father, to the prophets of your mother and to the king of Israel. And, and, and the king of Israel said to him, now for the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. 
So all these three kings, they had turned their backs on God. They had begun to worship pagan, uh, pagan gods and immorality was running rampant in their, in their country. And, and, and they're saying, no, no, God has brought us together, Elisha. You got to speak to God on our behalf. We're here because of the sins that we have done in our country and we, we're here because of the consequences of our sin. And he, verse 14, it says, Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not even look at you or see you. In other words, he was like, I don't want anything to do with you guys. But because of your connection with one person, I'm going to speak to God on your behalf. Listen, some of you are here today because of a praying mom. And it's just because of your connection with her that you're here in church today. Maybe you're here because of a praying grandma who keeps praying for you to come to know Christ just because of your connection. Listen, God has people praying for you on a daily basis, people that have been praying for you that you might not even know about. And you're here today on the last Sunday of the new year saying, God, my heart is open. So Elisha says, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you, all right? And in verse 15, it says, now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Basically said, get me a musician. Music always makes a sermon sound better, right? That's why I have Kent up here right now. <laughs> Love that guy. But the Bible says as the music begins to play, the power of Elisha comes upon him and, and, and he begins to prophesy. Look, this is what it says in verse 16. He says, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. So he goes and speaks to God on, on, on the king's behalf and says, hey, this is what God said. You better dig some ditches, dig some trenches. And they're like, what? Why would we do that? This is the middle of a desert. And Elisha's like, you better dig these ditches because I guarantee you, the Lord says that by the next day, these trenches, these, these ditches will all be filled with water. You better get your barrels, get your tanks, get everything because you're gonna have all the water you need. Now remember, water kept them alive. It gave them strength to fight back enemy armies. And Elisha says, not only that, God is gonna give you water. He's gonna give you victory over all the enemies that have surrounded you, that have been trying to take you out. Some of us have been surrounded by enemies uh, this year, 2023. Enemies that have been trying to take out your kids, trying to take out your family. Listen, God's about to give victory over every single enemy that has been staring you down this year, over shame, over guilt, over the fear, over the suicidal thoughts that you have thought about this year. Listen, by this time tomorrow, in our story, Elisha says you gotta dig ditches. In other words, you gotta prepare. Get ready. Some of us are so focused on wanting God to fix everyone who hurt us. Like, God, fix this person. Make sure they do right by them. Listen, God's like, don't worry about them. Let me deal with them. All I want you to do is, is dig these ditches and watch what I can do. Trust me in the process. And in verse 18, it says, this is but a slight thing in, uh, for the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. In other words, this is easy for God. Things that you're asking me to do, this is, this is easy for me. And, and the Bible says that the water, that trenches were filled with water and they had everything that they needed, victory on every side. This is whatever you're facing right now. Some of you have had some dirt thrown at you and what you need to do is just shake that off. Listen, little lies that people have said about you, little things that have happened in your life. 
But God says, man, you shake that crud off. Listen, you got to step on that. God's not finished with you yet. Listen, some of you think it's all over. Listen, I imagine Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, that the devil's like, I won. I beat him. And three days later, Jesus came back, taps the devil on the shoulder and says, guess what? I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I still have the power. I'm on the throne. Jesus reigns. He's not done. God's not finished. Some of you need to tap the devil on the shoulder and say, listen, devil, God's not done with my family. He's not done with my kids. He's not done with my marriage. God's still working. He is doing his miracle. God's not finished with my future. He's not finished with my health. Yeah, the doctors gave me this report, but I'm believing in the ultimate physician. Some of you need to do that today. Come on, I want everyone to stand to your feet all across this place. And this is how we're gonna end the last Sunday of this new year. God's not done. I wanna pray for every single person in this room that has been battling fear, that has been battling shame, that has been battling discouragement. I wrote this down, lies the enemies that have been telling you it's all over, that's done. This is as good as it gets. That's a lie from Satan. Satan wants you to believe that. Don't settle, don't stop. Listen, even those of you who have walked through a painful divorce, even those of you who have lost a child or a spouse this year, God's saying it's not over. I know you think this season of, of, of depression and sadness is never gonna end. Listen, I'm not done with you yet. Don't write yourself out of the story. If you're here today and there's some situations that you're looking at and the enemy is trying to get you to accept defeat, you're grabbing hold of this message say, get God's not finished with you yet. Listen, every head bow, every eye closed. This is just a moment between you and God. Some of you are saying, man, I need to get my joy back this year. I need to get my spirit back this year. I need to get my confidence back this year. I need to start believing that God is working on my behalf. I need to take a step of faith. I need to, I need to have victory over the thoughts. Listen, I'm stuck in a bad habit. I need God to help me come in and give me victory. I need restoration for my family. Listen, some of you are, 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 are here today because you, you have someone in mind. Your kids have wandered away from the Lord. And you're saying, God, I pray right now you bring them back. I'm praying for my dad who's ill. I'm praying for my mom who's going through a difficult time. If that's you today, you're saying, God, Josh, I'm standing here today. I got a situation this year, last year, that's just staring me down. I feel like I need victory. I can't get out of it. If you're here today and say, Josh, that's me. I need Jesus to come in and do some heart issues, do some heart, uh, heart healing. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Say, man, that's me. I'm facing a situation right now. I'm battling it. Listen, keep those hands raised real high. Listen, we're gonna pray for you today. And this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to take a step of faith out of your chair and come down to these altars. There's hands all across this room right now. Get out of your chair, step down right to the front. This is where it starts. This is where the faith happens. Come on, right now, out of your chairs and come out. If you say, God, I, I, need, I need God to do a work in my life. The miracle working God. Listen, your past doesn't determine your new year. Listen, there's hands all across this place. Listen, if you're saying, man, I need God to work in me this year. Some of you believing to get pregnant this year. I'm praying that God will give you the breakthrough. Some of you believe, some of you are coming to stand for a dad, for a mom. You're standing here for your kids. You've been praying long enough. Come on, being right now, just begin to cry out to him. Tell him what you're going through. Tell him what you need. God, we are offering ourselves an open heart, an open mind. God, you are not done writing the story. Come on, begin to receive that. 
God is not done with you yet. Come on, we're going to sing this song. If I can ask you to lift your hands, lift your hands, just receive this song today that God is not finished with me yet. Come on, sing this song today. Declare it over your life.
is good. So God, right now I pray for faith, for the hope. God, the humble heart, God, coming into this new year. On this last day of 2023, yeah, we might have had some troubles and struggles, but God, we know that you've always been on the throne. You're ruling and reigning over every situation. God, you hear, you hear every tear that's been cried this past year. You hear every prayer that's been whispered and prayed for. God, you've been with us in our lowest, darkest moments. You've been with us when our minds were racing with thoughts that were not from you. God, you're with us. Who are we to deny what you can do? God, we open our hearts this year for you to do a work like no other. Lord, may this be our best year yet. God, fill us with hope, with your faith. Lord, help us to be a church, God, on fire for you, God. Lord, I pray for our city. Lord, all across this place, God, I pray that you would just have your Holy Spirit come back in. Fill our hearts, God. Fill our hearts, God. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God for Jesus today? How he is amazing. He's more than able. What a great way to end this year. And I hope you guys be blessed. Enjoy tonight. And we'll see you next year. God bless you.